1: TheChairShot.com Always use your head. Warning. The Outsider's Edge contains strong opinions, unconventional views, and contrarian stances. Listen, if you dare.
0: Hey, yo!
1: As we are brought in by the fire tones of the Tongans with whom we give all deference to. My boy Tama Tonga looks really weird without a beard. But nonetheless, we welcome you to another episode of The Outsider's Edge. It's your boy Rance, a.k.a. Ray Cash. Join us always with my brother Kyle. How you doing, sir?
2: Man, I'm doing pretty good for the most part. But I've got mutual sadness with you, Brother Rance, for something that's happening on Saturday. You know, TakeOver 30s on Saturday and we're hyped for that. But there's also some New Japan Pro Wrestling... It's going to be happening on Saturday, and, and our boy Nito's going to get his title rematch, and he's going to lose, and we're going to be sad because Ghetto hates Naito, and it's bullshit, and yes. evil is the fucking champion, and it's bullshit.
1: <sighs> That's Saturday. That is Saturday. I didn't even know. I'd heard you mention it, but I didn't even—I didn't know it was—it was like a real. I know they had been doing these makeshift uh, America shows. Uh, what is it called? New Japan Strong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been kind of paying paying attention to the results of that. I didn't know they had a real. So what 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 is this? Sen-Koop, Sen-Koop, I'm, Sen-Koop, I'm pulling
2: bro. it. I'm pulling it up right now. The
1: schedule. Your assessment is correct, though, because Naito will lose because Keno hates Naito. Yes, so we we know that's what's up. I am interested. I, I think it'll be a real interesting conversation, or real interesting. I'm a week uh,
2: ahead. I'm a week ahead. It's next weekend. Okay. I and think it'll be a
1: real interesting conversation when when Switchblade comes back. And the
2: title of the event is Summer Struggle in Jingu.
1: Okay. Okay. And yeah, uh, I'm, go I'm ahead. looking forward. I'm looking forward to that Bullet Club power struggle when Evil and uh, Switchblade have to coexist. Uh, because uh, Switchblade the is the first guy in the history of the of the club that has been deemed the leader.
2: The leader. And now evil is being put to the forefront. Yeah. Um so announced matches so far. Uh Master Wato versus Kanamura. Okay. Um Shingo defending the never open weight title against Suzuki. So like take my fucking yes, I, money now. Yeah. Somebody gonna die. Um, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Hiromu defending against Taiji Ishimori. Oh, uh, you
0: catch
2: you. Yep. Heavyweight Tag Championship match. Uh, Saber and Taichi are defending against uh, Koda and Tanahashi. And then the double championship Evil versus Naito.
1: Those aren't bad matches at all.
2: No, they are not. And I will enjoy. Um, two
1: years ago, two years ago, would you have ever said in your mind the words Tanahashi, Ibushi, Saber, and Tai Chi, and it sounded like it made sense?
2: I mean, not only would I have never said it, but I never would have said that sentence where Tai Chi was the uh, defending champion in that scenario.
1: They beat, they beat the Golden Aces to win the titles. They
2: did. Yes,
0: they did.
1: <laughs> crazy. Because
2: twenty twenty is fucking wild.
1: Twenty twenty, dog. Um, so, uh, as kind of alluded to, I know this is next week, but this is a very busy weekend for wrestling. Um, we have the uh, debut of the Thunderdome Dome uh, Friday night on SmackDown. Saturday, mm-hmm. um, if you're a fight fan, there's a UFC card. But then, a f- for the wrestling step, the
2: UFC card.
1: Frankie Edgar and somebody. But Frankie is always good for a good fight. I don't remember the guys fighting, but... Any, when, you, when you get a chance to watch Frankie Edgar fight, you're guaranteed a good 10 minutes of nonstop action. Um, but uh, also, TakeOver 30 is that night. Um, because of the playoffs, AEW Dynamite has been preempted to uh, Saturday, Saturday, but I believe it's a lot. No, it was taped. It was taped. But um, that's that... And then, of course, I know a lot of people, it's kind of stuck about a lot of people, but SummerSlam is Sunday. So it's a very big wrestling weekend.
2: Yeah, there are a lot of different shows going on. There's going to be a lot of, obviously, there will be a lot of huge matches on TakeOver and SummerSlam. SummerSlam is the second biggest show of the year in the WWE's kayfabe calendar, and TakeOver... Takeovers are always a big deal, but this one is going to be a definitely huge deal because it's Takeover 30. And so...
1: And historically, that, you know, the SummerSlam Takeover was their biggest takeover. because that, yeah, was, that, the was, the yeah, that yeah. was the
2: original Brooklyn. Yeah, that was the original Brooklyn. And so... Both of those shows are going to see some huge matches. AEW's got at least a TNT Championship match between Cody and Brody Lee going right. on. Um, That has definitely been announced. But then we also know that AEW is obviously they're in the go-home phase for their next big show. Because All Out is coming up. Um, So expect some important storyline developments, if nothing else, to come out of um, Dynamite this weekend.
1: The Uh, only other thing I know that is booked is FTR's Fighting Private Party.
2: Yes, they are. Yes, they are.
1: So that not a big match, but I don't know what else is booked for for the show, besides those two matches. Those are big matches in their own right. So
2: you know. Oh, I um, I think I'm not sure if it's an officially announced match or just a rumored match, but I think Lil Swole is gonna face um not Britt Baker, but her
1: lackey. Is it Mel Rebel? Whichever Mel. one it is. Yeah. Mel. Yes.
2: Yeah. I think I think um,
1: she's gonna face. I know Britt says she would be be healthy going into All Out. But is she healthy?
2: I think she is. I think she is. I think that they're doing a lot of stuff to, like, keep the heat on her. Um, I think we won't know for certain, though, until next week. Because they've still got another week to go in the build-up to All Out. And so if it's looking like... She's not going to be cleared. I expect to see some kind of an injury angle done. Not to her, not to her, but I I expect if she's not going to be healthy enough to compete, I expect them to do a thing where they like jump
1: big, swole. They get out of it, yeah. Yeah, that would suck. Because that's been the only women's. It's the only women's
2: match that has a storyline. The only other women's match that'll happen on the card at All Out is the finals of the tag uh, tag team tournament.
1: That ain't no guarantee, homie. Did they say that? I'm pretty sure that's been announced for All Out. Okay. All right. I believe when I see it, nothing they've shown me shows they give a fuck. I thought you were going to say Sheeta and Nyla, whoever they chose for Sheeta to wrestle, because surely they're not going to um they, I mean, they don't give a fuck, but surely they're gonna put their women's championship on the damn card. I would hope so. I hope they're not that I bad. would
2: hope so, especially after Cody's out here on the Twitters doing bitch, Twitter. photo
1: ops. I was gonna say yeah. doing photo ops. Yes. Yes, like what are we doing? Like I I guess um did you notice who, who uh retweeted that picture and, and uh said it should be me sending it?
2: I sure as shit did. No, she didn't say it could be me playing uh should be me standing there. She said that could have been me. That could have been me, but Cody playing.
1: Yes. Yes. Thunder Rosa, ladies and gentlemen. That's a hell of a that's a hell of a, a mention because Thunder that's Rosa is perfect for that division.
2: Well, and that's such a wonderful subtweet. Like just the subtweet in and of itself. So great. Especially somebody like Cody who you know's a Vanity Searcher anyway. Oh, uh, Ah, uh, I um, love
1: it. She, I know she still works for NWA, but I don't know what their contract situation is. But she is the reigning NWA Women's Champion. Yes,
2: yeah, she is.
1: So and I don't a know bad what... ass fucking wrestler. And fighter. She fights MMA too. Yeah, she's she's tremendous. She She's one of... Her, along with Lil Swole, uh, Nicole Savoy, are and a, a myriad of other, other women, but those are the two that come to my mind immediately, are people that should have been you could even go at uh, Allison K even though she was with Impact but they should have been signed years ago on a major promotion like like Mercedes yes. what took so long for Mercedes to get hired somewhere like it's just yes. egregious i mean uh, like no, geez, I, ab- I absolutely agree
2: yeah i absolutely agree there's no reason you know, and, and what makes it doubly inexcusable is there aren't the rumors about them like there are about some of the other women that were unsigned for a long time. Not at all. So, for example, for example, I love her. I know you don't hate her. leese is somebody that we were always just like, obviously, Mike Skill, in-ring talent, this is clearly a woman who belongs in a big time promotion, but there's been stuff going on her back to TNA and Lucha Underground of her being an asshole in the locker room and people not wanting to
1: work with her. Go further back. When she, when she did Tough Enough, there was rumors about her then.
2: Yeah. So, like, we, and the only reason I bring that up, you know, she's in AEW now, but, like, her not being signed for a long time at least made a little bit of sense. Yeah. We were like, is it wrong? Yeah, it's wrong. She's talented enough and deserves to be there. But, like, we get it. She's a locker room problem, and you can't have that. Uh same thing, same thing with that bitch from Impact who we won't even dignify with a name.
1: The former heavyweight her, champion of the world?
2: Yeah, the former heavyweight champion who's a racist <laughs> bitch. We ain't even gonna <laughs> dignify her ass with her name.
1: She'll we, be signed we somewhere. We know though.
2: why she will eventually, but we know why she's not getting signed right now.
1: Look, I tell you this. The, part, the the smartest decision for her would be to stay in Mexico with her with her fiance and just work AAA or CMLL and work. just do no,
2: that that's the move do that for and the thing is you don't even have to plan on doing that forever do that for like two or three years and wait for your daddy's nepotism to get you that <laughs> AEW job
1: well I mean he could do that now actually if you he could he could make a she call. <laughs> he
2: could, but like they both know now ain't the time. She's got to do her
1: time first. Yeah, that, that that's that's the, the issue with a lot of people is time heals all, heals all. The what what's hurt I'll say her name. What's hurt Tessa is that she never I mean you mean you and I were joking about this with with Tom Brennerman earlier today. She hasn't owned up to what she said and what she's done None and taken take acceptance and responsibility. If and she every do time that,
2: she's had the opportunity to do so, she's down. made excuses
1: and obfuscated. Yep. So if she could just accept her consequence and own up to what she did and just take responsibility and go away for a minute. She'll be welcomed back with open arms a few years later, or a little bit later. I know she will.
2: And I'll give an example of somebody whose things that they did were nowhere near this level. But just in terms of someone who burned their bridges and went away for a couple years and came back. John Morrison. John Morrison burned his bridges within the WWE because of his shit with Molina, and it got him fired, and he had to go away for a while. And for a few years, he stepped away from wrestling entirely, Then he went to AAA and, like, established himself as a badass luchador and, like, reminded everybody how good he was as just a regular wrestler. But when we talk lucha libre, one of the best in the world. Um, And by taking that time and also working on the weaknesses that he had as a performer, because he completely learned how to cut a reliable promo, you know, He's not amazing. He's never gonna be CM Punk on the microphone. Oh, but but he's learned to be reliable, and he He is. And he's deceptively funny as shit. That's the other big thing. He took improv classes when he went away. Yes, you can tell tell because, like, I'm sorry, Johnny Drip Drip is a great fucking nickname.
1: Bro, he pops me every Friday. I look forward to their promos. He's hilarious, dog. Uh, uh, Yeah, so,
2: like, no, but that's a good example of what we're talking about, where, like, this is somebody who burned their bridges, fucked up, didn't, you know, didn't handle themselves the way that they probably should have, had a bit of an ego and thought that they were better than the position that they were in, and so they had to go away for a little while, and they had to, you know, work on themselves and figure their shit out and, like, rebuild those relationships and then when the time is right boom now i can come back not only are they scooping up talents right now because this other promotion exists but my former tag team partner who is still one of my best friends has even more pull in the company than he did before
1: and and let me add this fact we're talking about a guy who burned a bridge in the biggest company in the world Tessa and not burned, only burned a bridge, not only tur- burned a bridge, but we're talking a
2: guy who, at the time he was being released, was like being talked about to be given that next level push because he yeah, oh yeah. turned heads after the Sheamus ladder
1: match. Yeah, Tessa burned a bridge in a company nobody gives a fuck about. So if you're gonna burn a bridge in that company, nobody trusts you. Well, and not Why just would- burned a bridge not
2: just burned a bridge, we got to repeat this because it bears repeating. She was their world champion. She was their number one star in the entire company. Mm -hmm. And so like, the, the part about nobody giving a shit about TNA I think is important in that context because it's like, this is a company that nobody cares about can you imagine how bad you got to fuck up for them to cut you off? Do you know the only other person that they have straight up cut off is Alberto Del Rio. Yep. Yep. That's the level of fuck up you got to get to for Impact yep. to just be like, you know what? Nah, nah, we, we, can't, we can't work with you no more.
1: Both former heavyweight champions for that promotion.
2: Yeah, we. I mean, we've we've gone on record with the hilarious list that is the
0: former world
2: uh, champions.
1: Well, December. actually, spoiler alert: Sammy Callahan may be
0: gone. <laughs> <laughs> be me.
1: He was. He hasn't been on the, the latest set of tapings, so they don't know. <laughs> it might, he might be gone.
2: So, so they got Eric Young back just in time to lose Sammy, so that they can still have the same number of former world champions working for them.
1: Well, that and they got the same gimmicks, all so, right. So, what's the point? You know, they're both the same guy. That's true.
2: <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Oh, oh impasse.
1: It's it's hilarious. But oh. well, Eddie Edwards is single-handedly holding that company down, bro. <laughs> single-handedly. <laughs> Ooh, until Davey, until David Richards comes back and the American wolves explode. Again? Yeah, that did happen once, didn't it?
2: Yeah. They brought Angelina what? they brought Angelina love and what's her tits into the storyline. Well what
1: what else can they do at that at that level? EC3 is truly taking seriously his indiness because he's the abuse for Ring of Honor this week or next week, whatever. So like He's not an a exclusive TNA Speaking guy. Speaking
2: of Ring of Honor, hold up. Speaking of Ring of Honor, did you see Marty Skrulls not head Booker there anymore? I did not. Who's over it now?
1: Um, no. Please don't tell me they gave it back to Delirious. Please don't did. tell
2: me. They gave it back to Delirious. <laughs> they, did. Oh they gave my. it back to
1: Delirious. Uh-oh. Oh, what are we doing?
2: They took Marty's fucking job away and gave it back to
1: Delirious. What are we doing?
2: And Marty can't have it because obviously, because speaking out and Marty apparently is a pedophile.
1: Oh, God, I might take the pedophile over Delirious for a few months, bro. What are we doing? <sighs> what are we do- like? No deuce dis- of Delirious because he, he, he was with them through a long and and and. Not prosperous, but successful, period. But, yeah, it's over for him, bro. Like, what are we doing?
2: No, 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 no. Here's my thing with Ring of Honor, people. Oh, boy. Here's my thing with Ring of Honor, people. Unless you were locked into an ironclad contract, if AEW didn't take you when they left the first time, then you are their leftovers. Yep. If you are not one of the people who was like, like Flip Gordon was in an ironclad contract. Obviously, couldn't go nowhere. Taven, Vinny Marseglia, um, you know, they're, oof. yeah, those, the, the tag team that I refuse to dignify.
1: Well, um, they go anywhere. <laughs> they're stuck. They're literally stuck.
2: Yeah, but like, I- unless you are one of the people who's like in one of those contracts, if anybody else would have wanted you, they'd have took you already. AEW, because at the end of the day, like yes, AEW was formed by the elite, but at the end of the day, we could really look at that as members of the Ring of Honor roster decided that they could do it better themselves and started their own promotion and
1: took half the roster with them. Well, let's, let, well, let's keep it a buck. Cody and the and the Bucks were never signed to New Japan. They nope. were signed to Ring of Honor yep. and worked in New Part Japan of the because talent exchange. Agreement. So mm-hmm. to keep one hundred. That's the fact. Also, All In, which started the whole thought of the of uh, All Elite Wrestling,
2: is a what? Ring of Honor. Uh, yep, it's a Ring of Honor show. It's still, or at least I think it is. It was uh, for the longest back when I was in the Honor Club. It was part of their pay per view archive. Well, they own it. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like they paid for the show. It's part of their pay per view archive. Yep.
1: Oh boy, uh, we're getting off to a rousing start. And you were worried. And you were worried. I mean, look, I mean, you already, so, yes, I, I, I was, and I still am, because we've never had a pay-per-view show where we didn't break down a pay-per-view. We're not going to do that today, but we've never done that before, so of course I was worried. I wanted to break down a pay-per-view, but I'll get these laughs while we can, because that is,
0: because
2: <laughs> it's worth it.
1: Oh, my God. Delirious back, Sammy Callahan gone. Oh, boy.
2: So you mentioned it. Let's journalism. You mentioned it. There are are two pay-per-views this weekend. There's NXT TakeOver 30, and there is the Slammin' Summers.
1: Before we go there, I know you wanted to mention, so you and I had a spirited debate about kind of the, not the state of the show, but about where we were looking at on certain things. And you want to talk about it in terms of your um, interest. Disillusion. Disillusion of the product. So So, you want to talk about this a little bit? We don't have to.
2: Yeah. No, I mean, I'll go into it. I'll go into it a little bit. And I will preface it with, I think at least 30% of it is not the company's fault. It's the world that we're in right
1: now. Sure.
2: I think a good Third of my current situation is a lot of the world that we're living in right now. Like, things are super stressful. We're like failing our way through a pandemic. We've got an election coming up that, like, it seems like there's going to be lots of shenanigans uh, involved. Just finish, baby. Yeah, there's going to be a dusty finish. Um, and so, like, shit is hitting the fan literally everywhere right now. And when, like, Things like that happen it's hard for me anyway to like really to like really get into some of the things that I'm normally super into as an escape um and so like WWE is normally something that I watch as an escapist thing it's something I really love and I enjoy and I like to escape into that world but like I'm so stressed about the world that we're already living in that half the time I find myself watching the product and I'm just critiquing everything that's happening.
0: And Interceptible. like Interceptible. and
2: focusing on just focusing on the things that are happening that I'm not a fan of. You know, like there are plenty of things that are happening right now that I love. I love everything about Sasha and Bailey. I love everything about Bailey Dose straps and two belts banks. Like that is endlessly enjoyable to me but like on raw especially it's been really hard for me because the top end of that card is drew versus randy and seth versus dominic and as our listeners are well aware it's gonna be real hard to sell me on a show where your two like two of your three biggest matches are dominic and seth And Randy and Drew. I I spent how many years where literally every time his name came up, I would just say, go away, Randy Orton. Just go away.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You're you're very consistent with that bit, by the way. I
2: I mean, you know, go away, Randy Orton. Just go away. Um, You know. It's so it's been really hard for me. To like really wrap my head into the higher end of the card. And when I'm not into the high end of the card. It's hard for me to get excited about a show. Sure. And so like. That's what sells the show. And so like I find myself going into this SummerSlam. Underwhelmed. In a lot of ways. And like. The only other major male storyline going on. Is Braun and the Fiend. And it's not that I'm not into that story, but I feel like it jumped the shark. And yep. like and this is something that happens sometimes with the fiend feuds. And I know and it's part of it is just the problem of WWE likes to do long term three month arcs instead of yes. like, I'm gonna ride a story to its natural conclusion. And if that's three weeks, that's great. If it's two months, that's great if it's some other time in between, whatever, we'll make it work. Um, Now we're at a point where I'm just like, all right, so this is definitely the end of this feud, right? And if this is definitely the end of this feud, but like, we're at a point also where I I need to know this, Rance, I need to know this, and it's relevant to to the discussion of SummerSlam because I've got to ask, is Braun still the
1: face? That's the beauty of the feud. I don't think, I don't know anymore. Is there a face in this feud? Alexa, I think. Um, so it's the way the story's been laid out. We have to remember one important thing is that with the exception of Daniel Bryan, who's pure of heart, everybody the Fiend has faced has changed.
2: Oh yeah, Braun said as much on Friday. He said it to Alexa. Everyone who, t- everyone who touches the Fiend changes, including you. Which is foreshadowing for when Alexa beats the dog shit out of Nikki uh, later.
1: Yes, which, which is probably going to happen. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, the, I mean, interacting with the fiend is the easiest way to get her back to being the goddess.
1: There you go. Um, but it's not just changes. It it's changes you back to your to who you really are at heart. Then went back, went from being, you know, the people guy to the prince again, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, Kane the went real back. real rock and roller. Yes. Kane went back to being evil Kane and then became a mayor. But, you know, like, it's. John it, Cena know,
0: went Hollywood.
1: Y'all the left. Got the fuck up <laughs> out of there, right? <laughs> but all the people that The Fiend had, Seth Rollins, t- went from Monday Night Rollins to the Monday Night Messiah right? All the people the Fiend has interacted with have gone back to who they really are. One so I think at it's... From the Monday Night Messiah. I have one positive thing to say about Seth Rollins.
2: The disciple Buddy Murphy.
1: That's not a positive thing about about, yes, about Rollins. Is.
2: Yes, it is. If he had never become the Monday Night Messiah, there would be no disciple.
1: Okay. Yeah, sure. I'll I'll, I'll let you have it. I Okay. I'll... Uh,
2: uh, okay, sure. <laughs> well, it damn sure wasn't Murphy's matches against himself.
1: I hate you so much.
2: <laughs> so I mean, did you, much. See that, did you see that time where he got kicked in the face by himself? And anyway, going
1: back to, back to my point, Braun, I hate you so much, Braun was always a monster. If you remember when he came in, Braun was, un, he was uncontrollable. In the eyes of Bray, right? Mm-hmm. So I think while Braun is still the face by proxy because the fiend is pure evil, Braun right. was always also evil, and it's almost a case of you remember Freddy versus Jason?
2: Yeah, I remember Freddy versus Jason. Kelly Rowland's fine ass in that movie.
1: Yes, yeah, fine as fuck. Both up. If a gay dude says she's fine, she's fine. Just understand that.
2: I mean, it's facts. Kelly Rowland is fine,
1: but. Both the evil dudes had to fight each other, and one evil dude who won ended up saving the of the the good person by proxy. Mm-hmm. This is kind of that to me. Maybe no, no. I mean,
2: maybe, maybe. I just I don't,
1: I don't the, know
2: because, like, and part of the thing is part of the thing is also like, I think Braun is better. Maybe not necessarily as a heel, but at least as a tweener. I I can agree with that. Like, you know, and I mean, Braun is another one of those people, like, we've been talking a lot over the last couple months about, you know, separating a performer from their art. Mm -hmm. And Braun, you know, has said some things in his personal life that have made us both just kind of be like, dude, there ain't no need to be such an asshole, like, fuck off. Um, But as a character... I think the monster among men is better when he gets to be, like, an actual monster and not Mr. Happy-Go-Lucky rah-rah guy. Big show.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. But I, I think the subtlety of the story is, if you watched Friday, um, is that... what well, I'm speaking to the viewer, to the listener, um, is that uh, it feels like... Braun is almost fighting his urges to be good. He feels that he has to his his nature feels like he has to be evil to vanquish the fiend, but if you looked at how he he wouldn't even look Alexa in the eye. Okay. Right? And when Alexa made him look at her, you could see his face and his face was like almost blank like I'm trying my best not to process emotion. And I feel like he threw her bitch ass in the air because he felt he had to throw her bitch ass in the air to prove to himself that he was evil enough to beat The Fiend. Now, here's the real question. Will Alexa do a double turn on all of us and end up just rocking with The Fiend?
2: That's the real question. I mean, I'm kind of hoping... and Let's get into our prediction for the match while we're talking about it. I'm kind of hoping that uh, she'll bring back that loaded-looking glove and she'll pull a Sean Spears and just clock on uh, clock Dad in his jaw.
1: Ever say he'll she'll pull a Sean Spears. Let's 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 rewind that.
2: <laughs> she'll pull let's, a cowboy Bob Orton. Thank you. She'll pull you. a cowboy Bob Orton.
1: Anybody. Aaron <laughs> Wendell. William Regal with the Nux. The power punch. She'll but bring back the power of the punch. As a former <laughs> the former very strong Ty Dillinger fan. We're not going to say anything in terms of (laughs) like It's not going to happen. Not in this house. house. You want to do that? Go to Ricky and Clive. Go to One Nation Radio. Go to Greg DeMarco's show. Wait, hold
2: on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll make you a deal. I'll make you a deal. I'll acknowledge that guy in exchange for (laughs) getting to make a John Spears reference.
1: Oh yes, I'll take that all day long. Yes, I'll, I'll um, give up. Yep. See. <laughs> <laughs> for for acknowledgement of Alistair Black. Who's that?
2: I don't know who that is.
1: All right, I want you guys. I want you guys, you listeners, to know that next week I'll be having a new co-host.
2: <laughs> He's gonna make me fade to black because <laughs> I picked a fight with his least. Or with his
1: favor. To your town and beat your ass, okay?
2: <laughs> I I would love for you to drive up to my town. Are you kidding me? Is that a threat? Please bring your ass up here. I wanna hug you.
1: That's the whole goal, isn't it? Um Yeah.
2: Piss you off enough to make you come down here. And then I'll be like, Well shit, I got you in South Carolina now. Um No, so, my prediction though I mm-hmm. i um, my prediction is that Braun wins. Even though I feel like the fiend should, and I feel weird saying that the fiend should because we've both agreed that like the fiend as a champion isn't really that that ain't the like that ain't it Does that make sense? Like the way that I'm phrasing it,
1: it makes perfect sense. But the but the problem the only problem with the fiend as champion is it makes it very hard to tell stories. And I In think they did I think they did a really good job with Bray acknowledging that he. If you ever listen to Bray talk about the Fiend, Bray talks as if they're two different entities. I love that, kayfabe wise. But Bray also knows that well. If he got the title, I got the title, so Bray can he tell stories with him as champ, but then the Fiend will defend. I think that can work. The problem is who will he face? Who can he fight? Who is worthy of the Fiend to be? Well,
2: especially, especially on SmackDown. Right. Yeah, now. that's what I'm talking about. Like, especially... No, you're right, but, like, I'm just saying, like, it's especially a problem because Braun and Bray are on SmackDown, and, like, if we talk roster positioning, I know we talk a lot about how roster positioning is screwy, at best, a lot of the time, but if we talk roster positioning on SmackDown, you've got Braun and Bray, and you would put AJ in their same tier because of his resume. Sure. and. He's not on the show right now because Bree just had a baby. But you could put DB in that
1: tier. Well, if you talk about not on the show, then, you, then Roman is the number one guy. But sure.
2: Well, okay, but so yeah, Roman and Daniel aren't on the show at all. Period. Right now, mm-hmm. um, AJ is neck deep in the mid card right now, which is honestly where he should be because age has started to catch up to him in a way that, like, it's not noticeable in the sense that he's having two star matches, but like it is noticeable. He's reached the Jericho stage where I'm just he's like, older. you are older and have lost a step and have to do it differently. Sure. And it's noticeable to me because I've been watching you for 20 years.
1: Sure. And he's in that feud with Jeff Hardy, who would be probably the next face also, in line.
2: Exactly. It would also be in that tier. Mm-hmm. Um, But like, after that, there's a pretty big jump down, I would say, to Sheamus and...
1: Miz Corbin and, and Corbin and Riddle and those guys, yeah.
2: Well, e? the, I put well, no, I, I'm putting the reason I put Sheamus and Miz up above those other ones is because technically within the world of kayfabe, they're both world champions.
1: Okay, okay, you're if right. You respect. Right. You no, want you're resume.
2: right. You're right. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? Just like. I got you. And that, but I would say, so those two, then Corbin and E and yada, but like, it's a pretty big jump in terms of positioning on the roster between those guys and Braun and Bray up here at the top.
1: So here's my question for you. Allow me to do a little fantasy booking. Yeah. I, I think even haters can have to admit that the perfect guy to vanquish the fiend always was and will eventually be Roman, right? I think that's the perfect story. That you tell.
2: I think it, I think it's the way to tell the best large story because there's so much history between Roman and Bray
0: mm-hmm. and the
2: whole anyone but you Roman um, and I think that this new version of Bray would be great because I could totally see the Mr. Rogers version being like I don't have a problem with you Roman I think you're
1: swell but the fiend well he just doesn't like you very much Right. Um, and also Roman is Roman has never changed. Roman's been the same guy since his debuted. Everybody else has changed. Roman hasn't changed. Even to the point to his detriment, he still wears the same stuff, has the same music, so on and so forth. But I think Roman would be the perfect story in, in a perfect world, the right story. But I think you could get away with a couple of months of feeding him Big E or feeding him Jeff Hardy. Like I think a Jeff Hardy uh, I would rather they
2: feed him words. I would rather they feed him Jeff than E because Jeff is like a four time world champion first ballot hall of famer, like it don 't matter if you push Jeff up to the world title and feed him to the fiend. it doesn 't matter e is embarking on a singles push for the first time in a long time sure and. I don't think it would ruin him. I don't. I don't think it would ruin him. I'm not saying that. But I think it's a good example of what we talk about a lot of the time where we talk about you start building these people up and pushing them and like giving them this new sense of purpose and then you pull the rug right out from underneath them.
1: Yeah, I get you. But I think there's a difference with Eve in in this case. Number one, Eve to the roster. He's been around, he's been proven. He's, I mean, he's. God, he's His been in New Day six years.
2: Highlight of SmackDown right now. His promos oh, are the highlight of SmackDown right
1: now. Right. Um, so he's been around. He is he's not a guy who's new, he's not a guy who might not be there a while, and he's not a guy who needs the wins because everybody knows Big E is credible. Also, I think that the problem with the fiend before was that you literally had to murder the guy to beat him. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at, other than Goldberg, which is another story, like, Rollins literally had to kill him and still lost. Brian literally had to kill him and still lost. Like, everybody had to go out of their way to, like, like, like WWE 2 k level beat down, to beat the guy, and the guy never lost. If E can be credible against The Fiend and still lose, that'll do wonders for him more than it'll do for anybody else, because he's never been to the place The Fiend is. We've seen Jeff Hardy on the mountaintop. We've seen Brian, Roman, AJ on the mountaintop. He's never been there. So he almost has to prove it. It almost reminds me of when Jeff Hardy fought Randy Orton at Royal Rumble that year and took him to the limit and lost, and then ended up winning the title at Armageddon in that December because that match with Randy Orton proved to the fans well, he actually can hang with the champions.
2: Oh, with Je- I mean, with Jeff, you go... With Jeff, you really got to go back to the 2004 TLC with the Undertaker. If we're talking about like completely changes the fans' opinion of you sure. as a performer, and for, like he didn't get the push then, but I still point to that match as the match that made people who weren't already his stands that just loved sure. him
1: say, "Damn, no!" Like they need to push this dude. This dude's got it. Sure, but that took him from a lower Carter tag team wrestler to a mid Carter. The how match ready. Orton took him from Biggie. a big card to a a main event star. If
2: Biggie does get that kind of push, how crazy would it be that both times a member of the New Day got pushed within the stable, it was because other people got hurt, shit changed at the last second, and all of a sudden the writers remembered, oh fuck, these guys are really fucking good. Yep. All reliable. Well, you bear. This is the this is the downside to. It's the pro and the downside to Vince's disdain for tag team wrestling. It's the pro in the sense that, like, they're all great. All three of them are complete wrestlers. They are good in the ring. They are good on the mic. They understand character. They can be faced or heel. They are all complete. But because Vince don't give a fuck about tag teams, and because, like, they are content to be a forever tag team... They're like the forgotten, like you said, old reliable. Oh yeah, I know. Oh yeah, that guy. Yeah, of course he's there. But then every whenever something happens and you've got to thrust him in, it's like, oh shit, I forgot I had this. This
1: is amazing. Well, there's a stigma that comes with tag team wrestling, which isn't Vince's fault. The I mean, let me give you a perfect example. The the let's look at the revival, FTR, right? If right now, if they broke up and Scott Dawson or Dax Harwood, whatever the fuck he wants to call himself, went on a main event, went on a, a singles run, would you think he was credible enough to do anything as a singles guy? No. Because they're because the way that they not not the companies, but the way that they choose to present themselves is they are an equal tag team. That is a stigma on tag team wrestlers. So like it's not often you have a team like The New Day which all were credible and successful singles wrestlers before they came together as a unit or probably the, the best modern version of that in in our in our in, the, in, our, in our generation, Sheamus and Cesaro. Like they, they they were Sheamus was a multi-time world champion, Cesaro was the, was the consensus best guy not to have a title currently right now. And they came together and completely took everything away from their individuality, and became a tag team. So that's a stigma that just comes with tag team wrestling, which is maybe why Vince hates it.
2: Cesaro Cesaro will probably go down as my number one guy who never got a world title that I wish would have gotten one.
1: He'll get one. He'll get one.
2: I don't even care. I was going to say, I don't even care if he gets a Mark Henry Kane, hey, you're like 45, and this is our last chance to give you this belt. Here, have it for a month. Yeah. I don't even care if it's that. I want him to have it. I need that moment. And you want to talk about a moment that all of wrestling Twitter will be positive about? There is not a single person in wrestling as a performer or a fan who has negative shit to say about Claudio Castagnoli.
1: You say that. Wait till it happens. Damn this it, is how I you see you talking about.
2: Damn it, Rance!
1: This is you see you talking about.
2: All right, so let's move on to uh, let's move on to the next match from the Summer Slams. Um, well, actually,
1: actually, I wanted to bring up one thing real quick before we do that. All right. Is you, we were talking about what could happen with with the Fiend or or Braun, whoever wins, what's next? There is a draft coming up.
2: Oh yeah, they could be drafted, or not. They could be drafted. Well, they could be drafted, but so could somebody from Raw over to SmackDown.
1: Well, um, hold on. Or NXT, NXT is yeah. a part of the draft this year. Like a like not just Fuck it. From NXT. Send
2: the entire undisputed era to SmackDown, turn yeah. them face and push Adam Cole,
1: baby. Turn them face? They already are face if you watched NXT. The Pat McAfee feud is the perfect thing that Adam Cole needed. Because that has shit. in proxy the turned face. them. <laughs> oh my
2: God. He has got something like oh, McAfee is douche bro incarnate, and anyone who has ever been on, uh, like, college campus and been around a shitty douche bro knows what I mean when I say he's that dude that you just wait to see get their ass beat. Like you just waiting, you know they're gonna mouth off to the wrong person eventually, and you just hope that you're there to watch them get fucked up.
1: Is that not the perfect wrestling character?
2: oh it is it is no this is a great work like this is a great work and has been a great work from the word go because mcafee is naturally unlikable yep. and because loki as great as he is is a heel adam cole is naturally likable yep. he is yep. like he yep. just is you cannot watch up up down down at all and not just be like this dude is likable you can't go back and watch the old being the elites from back in the day and not come away with the, damn, this dude is just fucking likable.
1: All, all of the era is likable.
2: All four of them. They are. You're right. No, they absolutely are. Mm-hmm. I love following Roddy's Instagram because obviously he's a thirst trap. but you
1: follow him for different reasons.
2: <laughs> you know, I also love following his Instagram because, like... They like him and Marina and their boy are just the cutest little family, and they are so devoted to each other, and it's so adorable. Yeah, in a genuinely wholesome way.
1: I mean, wholesome in the fact that Roddy will take a picture with nothing on, but like, like a speedo song, and like, Um, but then first of all, all, your
2: boy is um, sex positive. So whatever kind of kinky, weird sex you want to be having, as long as your partner is consensual and on board with it, do it. Whatever it is, do it. Second of all, Roddy don't have to wear nothing. Not a damn you. thing. I
1: bet, I bet that you. I bet that's what you, I bet that's exactly, yes, you definitely would say that, yes.
2: You don't have to wear a damn thing. Mm-mm.
1: Mm-mm. But, but yeah, draft coming, so I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. Um, so yeah, where do you want to go next? Well, let's talk about the other main event with that guy I
2: hate versus that guy I hate. Um, Randy and Drew. Um, I know a lot of people have been praising Randy for this latest run because he's, in a lot of ways, he's really just brought back the legend killer. Like, in a lot of ways, he's really just brought back the legend killer. He beat the fuck out of Big Show. He beat the fuck out of Rick. Like, he's just the legend. uh,
1: Christian, yeah. Oh, yeah, because Edge
2: and Christian are Hall of Famers now. So, like, yeah. So, He's just the Legend Killer all over again. And that is part of the reason why I'm I'm not anti. Like, I don't hate it, but I'm also just like, eh, whatever. I've seen this play before. I have seen Legend Killer Randy before. And because this version of Legend Killer Randy is going up against Drew, who I'm just like, nah, fuck off, dog. I'm just like, eh. But... Based on the story they're telling, Drew has to win because Drew has been Mr. Ra rah rally the troops to fight the big evil of the new faction. So I'm going to assume that he's gonna claim more uh, Randy and
1: that'll be that. So it's it it yes, on the surface it definitely looks like just uh the um the legend killer all over again. But I think the subtleties are The subtleties knocked themselves out in is that Edge Edge effectively called Randy out for not loving wrestling, to not for not giving a fuck, for being one of the greatest naturally talented wrestlers ever, but for resting on his laurels, whereas Edge had to work for everything he had to work for, and so on and so forth. And then Edge, it's crazy beat Randy. how true that is. I mean, it's great meta promoing but it's crazy how true
2: that is. Like as good as Randy Orton is, he like coasted. For three quarters of his career. Just coasted. But he's so fucking good and so much better than, like, almost anyone to ever do it. That coasting Randy is still just, like, better than
1: you. Mm -hmm. Um, But Edge went on to actually beat Randy in a fight. And then Edge, but Randy is obsessing over because Randy knows he's better. And that's where this run has come from. It's not so much about being the legend killer. It's about realizing that I've always been better than you motherfuckers. So I'm actually motivated to prove that I'm better than you motherfuckers. And everybody else is in my way. The only reason he took out Christian was because Randy still is sour about Edge.
2: The only reason anybody ever takes out Christian is to get to Edge. Let's be real. And I hate that for Christian. I do. As somebody who was a big Christian Cage mark in the early Impact days, and as somebody who loved the original version of Captain Charisma and the creepy little bastard, I just, I hate it for Christian that all he ever has been is the person that you go after to get to Edge, or the person who gets revenge for Edge. He got
1: him him two world titles.
2: Man, one of those world title reigns lasted five days. That's some cane shit.
1: <laughs> Dolph Ziggler had a title reign last two hours. Still, t- still a world title. Um, but I will argue. You know what? I I won't argue the Christian one the
2: way I'll argue the Dolph one because like they don't even treat Dolph like a former world champion. They only two-time. say it when it sounds good.
1: Yep, he's two time world champ, by the way.
2: They only uh, say it if they need to say this is a match for only former world champions. Remember, y'all. Dolph is a former world champion.
1: Right. Um, So, yeah, it's 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 not simple as I'm taking out the legends. It's this is all about Edge. This is all about Edge getting in his head and making Randy care for the first time in his career. And everybody who's tried to stick up for Edge, he wants to take out. And that's where it's come from. That's why he was so mean to Rick. Because right now, Randy feels like he has no place for sympathy or for love or for care. He wants to do everything he can to take out every single semblance or everything that Edge stood for. And Here's what I want to even... know with
2: Rick, though. Here's what I want to know with Rick. How many times is Randy going to kick Rick in the face or RKO him before Rick learns to stop getting close to this man?
1: He loves him. That's the well. That I know.
2: So, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, think about it. Like, every time Rick, God. literally every time you have ever worked with Randy, he has turned on your ass. At what point do you, as a character, grow and say, "Oh fuck, Randy, gonna turn on me"?
1: Pretty much. Yeah. So it's 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 pretty All right.
2: different. So okay. So then, make me understand. Make me understand the Drew part because you know that I don't understand the Drew part because I don't fucks with Drew. So ma- help me understand the Drew end of the storyline.
1: So the Drew end the Drew part was Randy wants the title. So it all started because Randy RK old Drew, and he called him out for the championship
2: after yeah after Drew beat Ziggler, who for some reason got to get a second match.
1: Well, he well he. Um, No, I
2: understood the thing was Drew picked or Dolph picked the stipulation at the pay per view. So then Drew got to pick the stipulation in the rematch. But my thought was, Drew, you won. Why the fuck are you giving this motherfucker
1: a rematch? Because he's a fighting champion. And Drew wanted to beat Ziggler's ass because, again, they had a personal relationship that Ziggler took advantage of. And remember, Ziggler, Ziggler made Slater turn on Drew. So that got really personal for Drew. But in, in in terms of the Randy Orton story, uh, it started off with the article, but then uh, Drew being the, the, the kind of fighting champion that he is, he called out Randy and uh, was saying all the things that everybody else says, and Randy was like, you know what? I'm sick of hearing this bullshit. Everybody says stuff about me. Give me one legitimate thought that you thought, you thought of on your own. And Drew went back into how he feels the pressure of being a world champion and being the top guy on the brand and feel. And he understands that pressure because when he was young at first coming up, Randy was the top guy and drew was going through the worst time of his life in the midst of a divorce, about to get fired, not knowing what to do with his life. When
2: Tiffany was beating him up. Yeah. And Randy, y'all for the record, for the record, y'all don't get it twisted. Like I don't fuck with Drew McIntyre, but don't get it twisted. That man was the victim of an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. Like, his wife was beating on him. And y'all remember how small Tiffany was. So, like, don't ever get it twisted that size has everything to do with it. This little five-foot woman was beating this six-foot-five man. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to put that out there.
1: Um, But... So Drew was going through the, the worst time of his life and Randy was the world champ. And because of how Randy is, doesn't give a fuck about nobody else, only cares about himself. Drew said if Randy would have given, given him one positive word, one bit of advice or something, just said something to him, taken a second out of his day to talk to the kids sitting and catering, that could have changed his whole life. Randy chose not to and he said he never forgot that. And so now that he's in the position Randy was, he's even more insistent that Randy wouldn't do it because Randy had everything given to him. Randy fucked up more than anybody else. Randy should have been fired. Randy should have been this. So now now, that I'm in that position. Right. So so now that I'm in this position, I take it personally that you're a piece of shit and and I remember what you did or didn't do for me. So now I'm going, now that I have the opportunity and the ability to do something about it. I'm going to do something about it now. I'm going to beat your ass.
2: Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Like, I mean, you know, I probably, again, I probably would have understood that, but you you know,
1: I don't fuck with Drew. Right. And then, and then in the past two weeks, the way Randy turned on Rick and then the way Randy beat up Sean and that night it was established that Sean was a big part of Drew coming back. And Drew and uh uh that Sean um was a big part of Drew coming back, and that Sean was almost was a, a mentor of sorts to Drew when he was in NXT. So for Shawn, so for Sean to get taken out, it just made it even more and more personal for Drew. So I mean there's a lot, there's a lot of heat behind it and, and a, a, actually a a really a lot, a whole lot of story. Ticks that are kind of putting this real subtle ones.
2: All right, so give me be, give me your much more informed prediction. I obviously just made a wild guess that Drew is going to beat Randy, but give me your prediction as the person who's watching closely and like really analyzing it.
1: This is it feels like it's all set up for Randy to win, so that Randy can fight Edge at WrestleMania for the title. Okay. Okay. And and and. In situations like this, Randy's on the run of his life. You almost have to strap Randy up while he's on this run because you could always heat Drew back up. I think what Drew has shown in this run as champion is that this is the level that he's always at. And Drew deserves the chance to be coronated in front of fans. Drew has, been the, Drew has had the most taken away from him in COVID and t- from wrestling standpoint because every big moment Drew has had, except for winning the Rumble, has happened with no fans. So I think Drew will be the perfect guy to to be coronated when we're when we allow fans back in the building. So while right now you can run with this Randy story, let Randy let Randy finally build up and just get more and more heat. till so Edge comes back cuz Edge will be back for Rumble season, going into WrestleMania. You finish that story cuz that story wasn't finished. You finish that story with their one more match and then move on to whatever's next and Drew gets it back SummerSlam or WrestleMania thirty seven or whatever you want to do, and just keep. All right. So who hot.
2: keeps? Okay. So who keeps Randy busy for the fall?
1: Um. Well. So. I'm sorry. I, I'm. I don't. I can't think of the roster. As long,
2: of as, as long as it's not KO. As long as it's not my boy KO. Because I'm tired of him being given title shots only to lose.
1: So. Um. I mean, you could run with Alster. Who? You could. Thank you. You could run with. Uh, I mean, if you really wanted to, you could heat up Ray for a week, for a month, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, you could.
1: <clears throat> you know, um, if they choose to bring Joe back for a month, you could. Most of more, you can run with. If the the real the real guy to run with and to build a story with is Mustafa, they won't. But that would be a great story. But then again, you got a draft coming in October. You know,
2: with Joe, all I can think with Joe is I wish he'd assigned signed with the company five years earlier than he did. Agreed. Because by the time he did, his body is so worn out that every time it's time for him to get the push, he gets hurt. Yep. And it's yep. so unfortunate. Like I wish you would have signed with them during the days of and you know you know exactly the time period I'm talking about. You remember that time period where Impact was like doing nothing with Joe? Oh which and time giving... exactly. exactly, exactly, exactly. Remember the whole Aces and Eight storyline where Joe was still with the company but just gone?
1: Remember when the ninjas uh when, when the ninjas abetted him? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep, And then mm-hmm. we never were told what happened. He just showed up the next one day.
2: Yep. I rem- yeah. So I wish he would have signed back in those days. Because, like, he consistently... You know what he consistently reminds you even now? Him and Punk were different when it comes to the microphone and understanding character work. Mm-hmm. Like, the two of them, from the generation that they are in, like, they are just a different mold of mastering and understanding, constantly being in character, constantly only doing and saying things that make sense for the character. Like, just so beautiful. Agreed. Um, But if nothing else, you know, Joe will forever have a future as a commentator because, like, obviously.
1: And you you also speak about... uh... Cesaro needing a world championship, Joe, even if Joe wins it for a day and, and retires... And I don't it care up, if
2: Joe holds it for an hour. I yeah, don't care if Joe holds it for a fucking hour. Yeah. Samoa Joe WWE champion needs to happen.
1: Yep. Now, it's funny because his run as NXT champion wasn't very fruitful. Nonetheless, resume, baby. That's what I'm saying. Shit.
2: So, but... Um, all right. So, Dominic. Fucking Dominic is facing Seth. Yes. And you, you know how much I gotta hate Dominic, that I'm cheering for the Messiah.
1: That's a lot, yes.
2: I'm cheering for the Messiah. Because my hatred of Dominic is real and pure and unbridled.
1: These are all very accurate words. Yes, indeed.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that the disciple comes in with that V trigger and
0: uh,
2: Seth uh, wins it from there. But I will also say this um, Dominic will win, slash, should win because that's the story. Um, but as much as I don't like Dominic and as much as I'm meh on Seth as a wrestler, not so much as a character, but as a wrestler. Not to say he's not good. His style just doesn't interest me. It's like Triple H. Good, but wrestles a methodical pace that bores me. Um, this is the best storyline that they've done in a long time. As absurd and fucking stupid as Eye for an Eye was. And I, I defend that I think that that was a fucking stupid gimmick. As absurd as that was, the storyline in and of itself, Chess kiss.
1: So, a few things you said um, made me think about stuff. Number one, I feel like Murphy's on the verge of turning on Seth. Here for it. Go Murphy. Main event Uh, Murphy. Right. Uh, There was a couple of weeks ago, um, right after uh, Mysterio got his eye popped out, that uh, Murphy and Seth called out Dominic, and there was the big fight, and Alistair came out to help. And, uh, and Seth made Alistair. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. And Seth made Alistair, uh, Seth made Murphy put Alistair's eye to to what he did to, uh, Seth, to Ray, put it in, in, put it in the corner of the, uh, of the stairs. And Murphy was, like, terrified. And, like, Seth pushed him and said, look, either you with me or you not. And Murphy did it. And, like, every time since, you can see some hesitation in Murphy's face whenever they go to do something. So, like that's coming. That's, okay. that's certainly coming.
2: So let me ask. So, let me ask you this. So let me ask you this. And it could go either way. And I will. I will accept either answer. Do they do the turn before, or, or do they do the turn now, or does Austin Theory come back?
0: No, so that, Austin Theory never comes
2: back. You, I agree that that's yeah. the right move. I do want to say that that is the right move. It is the right move to cut bait and run. I was not sure if you thought that they definitely are going to do that.
1: Austin Theory is lucky if he still has a job.
2: I think they might pay him out as down. Well, they'll pay him out as downside just because, like, sure. he's technically well. He's technically done nothing to be in breach of contract. He didn't miss a date. He didn't. The allegations go back to before he worked for the company.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
2: like, he has done nothing to put them on a legal ground to cancel out his
1: downside. Agreed. But
2: I see them paying out his downside quietly, and then
1: he gone. Agreed. But you know who still is paid and still can work? It's AOP. And I feel like AOP are going to be the guys that when Murphy That's eventually— where you? Whew, that is
2: not where I thought you were going.
1: We told somebody.
2: Oh well, we know who's still working that shouldn't be working right now, but he's not working on the main roster he'll be working on
1: Saturday Oh no, fuck that guy um no, not at all um AOP are still technically a part of the greater good uh, they, they just are, got hurt. That is true. yeah, just I think uh razor got hurt, I think, so that would be the perfect. Thing for Seth to bring back to keep heat, keep a heater, if Murphy goes on his merry way. Now, if Ray wasn't gonna come back,
2: how crazy point, is it that almost? How crazy is it that almost six years later, and like Seth still needs a J and J security?
1: I mean, some people just work better with stables, right? That's Triple true. H had three.
2: That's true. You know, That's some people just true. work better with stables.
1: Um, uh, it, 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 it's just what it is. Re- Ric Flair was not Ric Flair, the same Ric Flair without a stable. He was That's still great, right, but, right, like, his right. best moments were stable. It's just some people are better with it. Um, I, if, if Ray wasn't back and wasn't going to be here going into SummerSlam, I would say that it would have been a really cool moment for Murphy to get sick of uh, Seth's, not bullying, but his kind of control, his controlling nature and, like, help him and then Dominic gets the win. I still think Seth wins this match here. I don't think you can give the win to Dominic. I think this is kind of a, to use a, a taboo name, this is a Benoit-esque moment, where he goes above and beyond, kills himself for the match, no pun intended, Is has a great showing, but comes up short, and gets the kind of standing ovation, even though there's no fans, after the match. This is that kind of match to me. Seth Seth just I don't I just don't see Seth being able to or needing or or sh- or should he be losing to a guy who's never wrestled his first match when his daddy got one eye and you got made Murphy on your side. Like I just don't see it. But I do see Dominic like surprising the world, giving Seth the run for his money and scaring the living shit out of Seth before Seth stomps, stomps his head into oblivion.
2: I do hope I do hope for his sake. I'll say this for Dominic. I hope for his sake. That he's decent in the ring, because that could be the only thing that he's got going for him, in, like for me as a person. <laughs> because my hatred for him has nothing to do with anything. And so I'm just like, I'm hoping that maybe by the end of the match I'll just be like, oh, good, he can wrestle, but fuck him.
1: I, the one, I appreciate how Ray's done it, because Ray said out front, when, when Dominic said he wanted to start wrestling... He could have easily been put immediately in NXT, and Ray said, you're not doing that. You're going around the world, and you're going to learn the hard way. And, and Dominic had Dominic spend time with Lance Storm. Dominic spent time in, in Mexico. He may have even done a trip to Japan, but Dominic has put in his work for, for training-wise, right? Dominic's been training for a good four or five years. So I would hope and just by proxy think he's ready. Ronda trained for three months and put on the best match of a WrestleMania, right? Man. So the only
2: thing, the o- here's a legitimate criticism I will launch at him. And it's, I think it's going to be more to do with his greenness than it is anything else. And I think he's got the opportunity to improve it. Mm-hmm. But man, when your daddy is Rey Mysterio and he's cutting your promos for you and no. he's the talker, like, Ooh, Ooh, bro. Man. Like, yeah, that's a real low bar. And I'm, I, again, you're young, you're new to it, and your dad is one of the worst promos ever. So yep. it's not like, So it's not like you have an excuse. You know, 10 years from now, when Hunter and Stephanie's daughters are old enough to follow in the family business and start taking bumps, if one of them bitches can't cut a promo, we gonna have words. Because Agreed. how are you a McMahon Helmsley and you can't talk? I don't, expect you to, I don't expect you to take bumps all that great because Vince, Shane, and Stephanie were hit or miss. Sometimes the matches were good. Sometimes the matches were trash. But I damn sure expect you to be able to cut a promo if you come from that gene pool. Yeah. With, with Dominic, like, all right, your dad is one of the worst talkers ever. I don't think you're going to learn that part of uh, the wrestling game from him. And if the way that he had you travel in the world was he had you hanging out with Lance Storm and doing tours in Japan and Mexico, those are gonna help you be a badass in the ring. And they're gonna make sure you know your timing and you can take your bumps and you're fluid with your moves. But uh, that's not gonna help you on the microphone, dog. I love Lance Storm, one of my all-time favorites. I have an if I can be serious for a minute t-shirt that I wear on the regular.
1: You wore last week on the show.
2: Did I wear it to school all the time? My students think it's weird because they don't know who Lance Storm is. Um, <laughs> we old dog, we old, but still, as much as that is the case, I will never be out here in these streets talking about. Well, if you need a fifteen minute promo, you need to call my dog Lance.
1: I mean, this is, this is true. The, the 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 sad thing is that. While this is the perfect story for him to make his debut and the perfect situation for him to be put in the spotlight and everything, he needed NXT. He's a guy that needed the NXT program. He would have thrived in the NXT program. And for all we know, they might send him there in the draft.
2: I think he also, well, I think he still needs it too because here's the other thing that they've got to be careful about. And right now they're walking a very fine line on. Right now, all there really is to Dominic Mysterio as a character is that he's Ray's kid. Sure. And that he's fighting for Ray and he's doing this for his family. You know what I'm saying? Like And that's the storyline is he's doing it for his family. But what I mean is like, their next move with him needs to be very carefully done, because otherwise you run the risk of... Oh, this is just Ray's kid. That's all there is to him. He, he, gotcha. There's no extra spice to the character of Dominic Mysterio. This is just, oh, here's Dominic. he's Ray Mysterio's son.
1: What, she didn't, you know who had that problem? Well that you were... there's a
2: reason: Well, there's a reason Charlotte wasn't Charlotte Flair until she had been established for a while. She very and that was her and Rick's-like request. Don't well, make me a flare until I'm a
1: flare. Sure, but that's I don't I don't think that's relevant when her, his, her first match. Rick literally walked into the ring, and like her first five six matches on TV, Rick was literally on the ring, like at ringside as her as her mm-hmm. manager. Like her very first debut match, Rick introduced her, and she, I think she fought Breeze's wife, Audrey Marie. But like so, yeah, like everything about the beginning of her, she didn't have the last name Flair, but you couldn't talk two minutes. Two minutes about her without mentioning, oh, that's Ric Flair's daughter, and then she did the woo and she did the strut and like. So you're absolutely right in what you're saying, and I think with time, and with more stories, that that uh, he'll garner his own personality because Charlotte had to go through that. You know, the difference was Charlotte wasn't on national TV. Charlotte was working in front of. One of people in Orlando. Well, Andrew's working
2: in front of full sale, and like if we've said it once, we've said it a thousand times. Everything is over in full sale. Much. <laughs> everything Pretty is much.
1: Over. Yep. That's part of the,
2: and that's part of the problem with NXT is that everything is over in full sale. So until you put it in front of not full sale, you don't know how over it really
1: is. Well, but it's yes, but. I know, I, know, I know internet fans hate this, but facts are facts. There's a difference between going to a Broadway show and going to a, a blockbuster movie. It's just not the same medium. And even if there was a, a Broadway show that was formatted into a movie, it's not going to it's it's be shot the same, you're not going to watch it the same. I'll back, you the,
2: up. I'll, I'll back your example up. The Disney Plus recording of Hamilton For me as a musical theater fan, is the greatest musical theater movie ever because it's not a movie. It was a recording of the Broadway show. And Broadway is not a movie. Movies are not Broadway. So like if you gonna give me a film adaptation, I would rather you just record the performers doing a performance.
1: So with that analogy, indie level or mid-level feds have a different audience that they cater to than main roster WWE. So you're not talking about the same fans. The same fans that are NXT diehards aren't the same fans that watch Raw, aren't the same fans that a watch SmackDown. Analogy,
2: a better analogy than the film Broadway analogy is to take other sports. Ah. Uh, I won't use, we won't use basketball because the D League isn't really like it, the G League is starting to become a thing, but it's not really a thing. But, like, if you're a hockey or baseball fan, there are three levels of minor league below the majors. If you're a casual fan, you might know some things about some of the other teams in the majors. I love hockey so much, I could tell you all 30 teams in the AHL. I could tell you all 30 teams in the ECHL. I could tell you the teams in the CHL. I know the pipeline for that shit because I'm what's called a hardcore fan.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Baseball, I'm not even a casual fan. I couldn't tell you, I, I, I could tell you all of the teams in Major League Baseball, I couldn't tell you more than three players in the entire league. Couldn't do it. Because I don't fuck with the sport like that. Mm -hmm. And so with wrestling, if you're the type of person that listens to a podcast or that watches New Japan or goes to Ring of Honor or watches MLW, you're like in a hardcore level of fandom within a niche sport. Somebody who only watches Raw or only watches Dynamite, they probably don't know who half these motherfuckers are.
1: Pretty much um the reason i use the broadway uh the reason i use the broadway um film analogy though was because these fans are success aren't necessarily are necessary they don't their success isn't tied to wwe that's the reason why i wanted to use it cuz broadway exists outside of film whereas You can't have triple A hockey or triple A baseball without the major team that it that the pipeline is in. But your pipeline, your pipeline um, scenario works perfectly for the WWE version because NXT is literally that triple A version for Raw and SmackDown. Um, But what I'm thinking about, like a Ring of Honor or Impact or MLW or or any of these other fans, the GCW or whatnot, they exist completely perfectly outside the spectrum of WWE, they're just not the same level of size, of size of company. And they're not fighting for the same fan base as Raw or SmackDown people are, right? So we forget that. So when we see that level of wrestling done on a WWE television show for NXT or for NXT UK or even 205 Live, we expect that that should cross over. It doesn't, and the problem is that this is why fans hate this shit, but this is why Vince changes gimmicks when they come to the main roster because it doesn't always work the same. Bobby Roode is a perfect example. Bobby Roode wouldn't have worked as a a heel because everybody sang his damn song. So how are you supposed to get this guy over as a vicious or a dastardly person when everybody's singing along with him as he comes out. It just doesn't work. You have to change it up a bit. And then that devalues the character in the fans' eyes because the fans want to see the guy that we fell in love on NXT. It's just not a very – it's not an equal medium. And we have to accept that and understand that. But oftentimes we don't.
2: I think part of the problem, though, is also – so a difference, again – In the comparison that you're making is like, in those other areas, the large majority, okay, so the large majority of the audience of a Broadway show isn't there as a blockbuster movie person. They're there for the Broadway show. The large majority of the people at the blockbuster movie aren't there as Broadway people. They're there in that movie mindset. The problem that wrestling runs into is that any given WWE show in any given market, a third of the fans in attendance are also that under that other group. You know what I mean? And a third is a large enough portion of a crowd to, in cases where we've seen and been very upset about, hijack a show entirely because they feel like wait a minute, you set my expectation up to be this one thing, but now you're changing this one thing and I don't like it. And so now I'm going to vocally not like it. And then the impressionable people around me are just going to think, oh, are we chanting things? Let's chant things.
1: Yeah, but those are idiot ass people. Like, why why would you go to a show? Uh, that's, that's the shit I don't understand about fu- some fucking fans. Like, why would you go to a show and spend your money to shit on something when you could like, that's stupid to me. And they've... And that's, that's another thing that I hate people say about WWE. WWE has never lied about who they are. Like, they may say thing. What I mean, what I mean by that is, and I know I'm going to get destroyed for that. What I mean is that they're advertising. Like, they're careful how they advertise shit and what they advertise. So, like, they don't advertise that they're a wrestling show. They don't advertise and they're gonna have great five star matches. Don't advertise none of that shit. They advertise literally what they advertise. You have superstars you can come see. And we're an entertainment company that puts that tries to put smiles on faces and tell stories, right? And she gets annoying, but like what are you hijacking for because Kevin Owens didn't do this on this show? Has he done that? Like
2: I think you know I'm saying? Uh, no, you, I I agree with you. And I see your criticism. I'll offer this counter argument. I'm not saying that I necessarily think it's fully correct, but I'll just offer it as a counter argument. Mm-hmm. I think what it comes down to, and we have talked about this many times over, WWE is accessible in a way that other forms of wrestling aren't necessarily as easily ac- as easily accessible.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so I think the reason fans react in the ways that they do as far as what you're talking about. Why would you pay to go see a show for something just to shit on it? Or they've never pretended to be a different kind of wrestling company than the one that they are, blah, blah, blah. I think the issue for a lot of fans is, okay, I get that, but they're the only ones that I can watch easily. And until Dynamite was on TV, they were the show. I could watch. USA Network on a Monday night they were there they were accessible if I want to watch MLW or NWA or New Japan I've got to like make serious moves I've got to sign up for a separate subscription service I've got to like seek that shit out buy their pay-per-view and I'm not again I'm not saying that like that makes up for anything what I'm saying is as the most accessible medium and as the one that's there and available to them i think people's misplaced expectations are more a frustration of i like this particular art form but the only really readily available version of it isn't one that i like and i want it to be better or i, 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 I shouldn't want to say better better is not the right word they want it to be
1: what they want that's, that's what it is and i mean i hear you and what you're saying is exactly what the fans think, but cry me a fucking river. I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. I get to watch them maybe once, maybe twice a year. I if mean, on- your
2: first mistake was being a Baltimore Ravens fan.
1: Thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> if <laughs> the only time I can see them is if they're on national television, right? That's it. So, like, I can't watch every game. If I want to, I gotta pay hundred fuck some fucking dollars for the what is it to call the Sunday ticket? Sunday
2: ticket, which you can only get if you're on Dish Network.
1: Yes, right. So, oh, like boo fucking who? And what what kills me is so many people say well, WWE could be so much better, or WWE if WWE just did this. No, they don't because they don't want to watch what the fuck you want to watch. There's so much shit out here for you, that's, and you say yeah. it's not accessible. The internet is bigger than and easier than ever. If you can watch, or if you can binge a whole damn show on Netflix for a weekend. You could watch New Japan t- this weekend.
2: That, Miss- uh, see that, but no, but see that—that that doesn't bother me nearly as much as when they start talking about the the '90s when they were drawing six million viewers. That bothers me way more than misplaced expectations because that's just a blatant, it, like that's just blatantly ignoring all of the ways that television and entertainment have changed in the time frame since then. Like, no show averages the numbers that shows used to average back in their height. Like, television has watered itself down. And so, like, numbers are down across the board for everything. Number one. Number two, like, yeah, they've lost a shit ton of viewers, but if they're still in the top five programs every night, every week, then, like, Everybody else has lost shit tons of viewers, too. So, like, the the whole game is just totally different than it used to be. So the whole, oh, well, in 98, they were getting six million viewers a show. No. Now, if you want to talk about this time two years ago, they were getting three million viewers, and now they're getting, you know, barely two, that is a more legitimate, okay, let's talk about why have we lost a million viewers in one year? That's alarming. Um, But just the whole general, well, eight, 10, 15, 20 years ago, we were averaging blah, 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 blah. Yeah, so was everybody else, bro. 15 years ago, the series finale of The Sopranos got like 20 million viewers. Only thing getting 20 million viewers in 2020 is the Super Bowl.
1: Pretty much. Maybe a debate.
2: Yeah. No, 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 nah, no. Nah. Super Bowl, because here's the thing. Political stuff's never going to get views again because YouTube live broadcasts all that shit now. They live broadcast it, and they will just replay the highlights. Like, I ain't watching the fucking DNC. I just wait for the next day, and I pick the speakers out whose speeches I wanted to see. Good point. I I haven't watched the DNC, but I've seen the roll call. That was really cool. I saw Michelle's speech. I saw Barack's speech. I saw Mayor Pete's speech. I saw Kamala accept the VP nod. And to- er, tomorrow, I will watch Joe's acceptance speech of the nomination. That's how I'm going to do that shit. And I'm going to be even more selective with the RNC next week because I can't watch some of them motherfuckers. Ain't no way I'm watching that goddamn couple that was throwing the guns at people give a fucking speech.
1: Yeah, that that's, that's a great point, especially considering how using the, the political analogy, that you can watch it on, like, not only just multiple mediums, but multiple TV channels, right? It's on ABC. It's on NBC. It's on CBS. It's on Fox. It's on MSNBC. It's on uh, CNN. It's, you know, like, so that's a good point. Exactly.
2: Point. When they yeah. say, when the they say, say that, like, exactly. When they say 55 million Americans wa- watched the president's address, well, literally every sh- uh, broadcasting station is going to cut their programming Yeah, to display it, and it's going to be on all of the news stations as well. So if 10 of the 50 channels that every household has are broadcasting the exact same show,
1: a lot of motherfuckers going to see it. So you tell me the answer to fix the quote-unquote ratings conundrum is just put Raw on every damn NBC channel?
2: Yeah, pretty much. Put them on all you the You want to talk reasons. NXT.
1: You want to talk a little NXT. So what did you want to talk about uh going into Takeover?
2: So big things I want to talk about going into Takeover are first and foremost, like I don't want to talk about him very much, but the fact that Patrick is on the card really upsets me. Like me too. Really upsets me. Me too. Um in fact, I really hope that it's the opener so that I can just not watch the first 20 minutes and tune in late.
1: I'm not going to miss the match, though, because the other four guys in it are great. And have. Bronson Reed worked really fucking hard for this spot, And I'm not, not going to let one person ruin that for him. I'm not saying you, you you should be different. I'm just saying, like, my heart goes out to a guy like Bronson Reed, who at one point, like, pe- people people probably would would think that Bronson Reed wouldn't even be on the fucking roster. He worked really hard to be in that spot. And I am a huge punishment Martinez Damian Priest guy. So I I, I can't live past I'm a, big
2: Cameron, I'm a I'm big Cameron Grimes fan. I'm a big Cameron Grimes Carolina. Shout out
1: to the Carolinas.
2: Well yeah Carolina and I I loved his work as Trevor Lee in Did it? Impact. I loved it. He was great. So like I'm a big Cameron Grimes fan, but like ooh it just that bugs me that oh, he me is too, on though. this show me too um like they're just there's no reason they're, like just suspend him just fucking suspend him i'm not even saying fire his ass right away fire him eventually but for right now just suspend him look at this shit.
1: yeah i don't even need to know that he was actually suspended i just don't need him to be on my tv You can keep it all in-house as as long as you want, as long as you explain to me at some point what the investigation was and why you came to the decision you came to. And the fact that there's no explanation, the fact that they kept him off and brought him back without any, without any, nothing Nobody, nothing said, nothing said. And then
2: what Hunter said, I was going to say, and then what Hunter said, just kind of like blowing it over. Like, nah, dog, y'all done fucked up and put a predator on your television show and you deserve to get this smoke.
1: And it looks really bad because you said the only reason he was off TV for two months was the car accident. Well, then that tells me you didn't even really fucking look into it then. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, you could have said he was sense. off for a month because we were we were we were looking at, we were investigating the situation. No, you basically but told me. Makes- yeah, I'm sorry. You, you basically told me he was only out because he was hurt.
2: Well, no, but it also just makes them look so fucking shitty because, like, again, the people they got rid of deserve to get released. But, like, Gallagher got cut. Um, Jordan Devlin probably going to get cut. Uh, Um, They cut bait with Austin Theory, Travis Banks. Like, all these motherfuckers got released, and they should have. I'm not saying they shouldn't have, but it just makes you look so fucking dirty and shady as shit that you immediately cut bait with these useless motherfuckers that weren't on TV, but because Patrick moves merch and Patrick on the show, he gets a pass.
1: And to your point, Jordan, Jordan definitely fired yet, He still worked there. Trent Seven's still on the roster. So a lot of guys they have in limbo right now while wow, I don't... And, and that's, the, that's the thing. Like, had you done that and just not touched your dream for four, five, six months... Like I would feel a whole lot better about the situation because I would I could at least convince myself y'all were doing something y'all were looking into it he was y'all openly came out and said Joe Coffee is suspended they ain't had a show since but his suspension was two weeks right you ain't heard nothing from him since any of that happened like I can accept that better than what this whole farcical situation you gave me with your boy Patrick like I don't it bothers me and. Like, like like, I said on Twitter, you just you said, you said yourself, I don't need him to be fired. I need him to be suspended and for me to be told, what information did you have? What was the investigation you did? And what was the conclusion you came to? Because right now, the main guy who was out here saying that, he, that uh, Josh Fuller, the wrestler from D.C. with Patrick, has said openly, you never called me. So you, you okay, clearly have investigated. He-
2: and what's really gross is he's not even the only one. All those girls, all those underage girl- hey, I mean girls.
0: were girls? They were boys. Was boys yeah. Oh,
2: they were all boys? They were all boys. I thought I thought yeah, I, they, they were. See, yeah, I thought at least a couple of them were girls. I mean, I, gender don't matter. Gender is no. like gender don't matter. Like it's wrong regardless. Um, but still, like how many people got. It, it's a Cosby situation. How many people got a point to finger before you just like. I don't know about that one, Chief.
1: Yeah, man. I just, just I don't know. I don't know. Mm. That... So
2: like that's putting that's putting a bad taste in my mouth for Takeover, which is really unfortunate because the rest of Takeover is looking really, really fun. I think the lookout for match of the night is the one that was announced today. Finn Balor versus Timothy Thatcher.
1: Bro, um, I'm so fucking that's be hyped. So for that. great. Oh that's my be god. So great. Somebody going to get their ass kicked. Somebody going to get their wig split. Shout out like, to Market. It's going to be so
2: great. So, like, yes, please to that. Um, Adam Cole and McAfee we've already talked about. That's going to be a great fucking match. Io Shirai and Dakota Kai should be fun.
1: Because, With like, the they,
2: Because they've gone, over the last couple months, they've gone and done something I thought they could never do. They've made me give a shit about Dakota. I never thought that could make me care about Dakota.
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Yep. Um, and I mean, I'm even here for the pre-show match. But I mean, the pre-show match has Team Snack, Breezango. I'm calling them Team Snack because they are both delicious.
1: <laughs> okay.
2: They, uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango could both get it. I don't give a fuck. Um, versus one and two, Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch. Versus Legado del Fantasma. Everything about that match is going to be great. I'm so yeah. So are
1: you, are you interested in, in the cross versus lead match?
2: It's not that I'm not interested in that match because I like both of them. It's not that I'm not interested in that match. I, I feel like there's a no, that match is a no-win situation. Because I feel like neither man should lose, and no matter which one does lose, I feel like the loser ends up in a
1: weird, like, where do I go if I don't get drafted? I get that, but if I may, if I may counter, isn't wrestling really shitty when you know who's going to win going into it? Oh,
2: absolutely. There's like a lot. It is really shitty if you know who's going to win going into it, but like also. I would counter that, like, it's very rare that both guys shouldn't lose, if that makes sense. Like, it's very it makes rare sense, yeah. It's, it's very rare that a storyline story has been booked between two characters that are at a point where it's just like, you shouldn't lose, but you also shouldn't lose. And so no matter who goes over, we're going to have to do some, like, rehabilitation afterwards.
1: Now, see, that I disagree with. I disagree with that notion. Because it's our biases that tell us that it's not like that, but every major feud is nobody should lose. But our bi like we just spoke about it today. Randy Orton should not lose. Drew McIntyre should not lose. But our biases tell us oh such and such should win, or such and such should win, right? Braun Strowman does not need to lose this match because it 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 basically means that his his title reign was almost a fluke, but. Of, but if Bray loses, this would be three months of him being dogged by Braun. Neither guy needs to lose. Which is right? the entirety
2: of Bray's career, by the way.
1: Like, exactly.
2: That is Bray Wyatt's career in a nutshell. Uh, books entire, incredibly strongly in a feud, spends months going after the
1: face, only to lose in the end. That exactly. is the Bray Wyatt story. If Adam Cole, Adam Cole, if Adam Cole loses to Pat McAfee, he lost to a non wrestler, right? But, so, but if Pac McAfee loses, then all that shit he talked was for nothing, and he might never get a shot again. Every, every matchup in feud...
2: Know who's going to win that match, by the way.
1: I right. really don't. Me neither. I don't
2: know who's going to win that match. I don't care who wins that match, but I have no idea.
1: So every match should be that way. I just feel like our biases tell us different.
2: I I guess that's fair. I guess that's fair. Um... Also, like, legit, this is going to sound like hating, but I don't want it to sound like hating, because I don't hate Karrion Cross. I don't. I also I see why he's a star, and I see why he's a big deal, but I'm also just like, "Cool entrance, bro. Don't care. OK. But I also know he's a great wrestler, so, like, the match is going to be fire.
1: I don't really have a retort to that.
2: Oh, I mean, like, I've felt that way since he was Killer Cross, Even in Impact, I was just like, oh, this guy is legit, and I see why people like him. He don't do it for me, but I totally get it. He don't do it for me, but I totally get it. 100% get it. And I don't dislike him. It's not like Drew, who I actively dislike. I don't dislike Karrion Cross at all. I just don't find myself fawning over him. Another person I would compare it to that's really popular, not with you, but that's really popular in general, is Darby Allen. I don't get it. It does nothing for me, but I see why it does something for other people, and I see why it's something that you would want to push. Okay. I think I and I think some of it with Karrion Cross is also like a big part of his appeal is Scarlet and as a straight man, Scarlet does literally nothing for me. She adds nothing for me. At all. Uh,
1: I'd I'd argue Scarlet really hasn't done anything in, in the in the in the only the only thing Scarlet has really added to Karrion Cross in his tenure in NXT is the entrance. Because other and than it that. is a
0: cool
2: entrance it is a cool entrance that black and white shit like that's really fucking cool because
1: other than that i mean it's not like she gets interfered in the matches it's not like she speaks for him you know what i mean so that's the only thing she that she really i have a hard
2: time and this is admittedly my own personal shortcoming because gay um i have a hard time knowing how to take
1: same don't you shortcoming a gay in the same sentence
2: Uh, I have, thanks for the inclusion. I appreciate that. I have a hard time knowing how to interpret hot female managers because I'm just like, is the purpose of this just to be eye candy so that the straight men in the audience pay more attention to this guy? Like, are they literally just a pretty face? I I don't don't understand how to interpret this because it doesn't do anything for me.
1: That's that's very fair, and I think with any other woman, that's a real conversation. But I think Scarlett has gone out of our out of her way to show not only in her wrestling career, but like personally talking, that she is one of those like you speak of sex positive people that feels like her sexuality is something that nobody can control, and she's going to do and that. And I
2: regardless. fully support. And I fully support.
1: She, so, so she's I not she's that. not playing a role per se, that's just really who she is,
2: right? I'm 100% in on sex positivity, but like, you know, so the example I would use is when Ms. first brought, when Ms. first brought Maria back, or not Maria, Maurice back, when Mm -hmm. Maurice first came back, I'm just like, so are you bringing your hot French Canadian former world champion wife back just because she's hot and you're a face now? Um, but once she started being like an actual valet, she's getting involved in the storyline, she's doing manager shit. Then I instantly was just like, no, Maurice is what's going to get this man back to where he was. This has helped him save this character. I'm in it now. Right. So, in, in a way that like a similar thing for me, and she's not hot and ha- so like, it, I didn't have that question, but a similar thing for me over on AEW, I'm just like, Why Vicky with Nyla?
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's something we've questioned.
2: I don't understand what the purpose of this, especially in that case, because Nyla can talk. Most of the time, yeah, like most of the time I give a manager to someone I know can't really talk or shouldn't talk. Like, Cross is somebody who I think can talk, but the kind of character that we're building is someone that like, Scarlet can also talk for him if she needs to. Mm Mm-hmm so that he can be that man of few words and when i speak it means some shit. Yeah. Um but yeah, so like that is something and that's why i said shortcoming because gay because it's one of those things like as a non-hetero person, i can't see the body candy and just
1: be like, "oh, is this the appeal here?" I got you. I got you. I but i can't think of many regular female valets. Who were strictly a valet for their sex appeal, other than Deborah and Elizabeth, probably. But Elizabeth wasn't so much for her, for because Elizabeth never dressed sexy. I mean, the time was different. Um, the only other person I would argue is uh, Maria in Japan.
2: Oh, Oh wait, you know who else? No, you know who else it was, and we always forget about her because she was the same era as Deborah and just as useless. Oh, more useless. Jerry Lawler's uh, wife, oh, Miss Kat. Kate.
1: Yeah, yeah Kate. fuck her. <laughs> fuck her. Oh. God. Talk about a bad period of time.
0: Remember when she was China's valet?
1: And she was like mini China. She was dressed like her and everything. It was oh boy. Uh, that's...
2: <laughs> Crash TV of the late nineties.
1: All right, so let's just, let's put a bow on it give me your prediction for a Cross and uh and Keith Lee.
2: My prediction is Cross he doesn't hold the title for very long and then he goes uh to Raw or SmackDown in the draft. As does Keith Lee. As does Keith
1: Lee. Yeah, they lose both of them, huh?
2: I think they I really do. I think NXT might lose I think they might lose both of them and Undisputed Era if I'm being Undisputed
1: honest. Undisputed Era is gone. Yeah, Undisputed Era is like gone. Uh,
2: but here's but here's the other thing though. I think this is gonna be good for NXT. Because with COVID and with the way that the rosters have shrunk without shrinking, getting some of the recurring NXTers out of NXT will both help invigorate some of the Raw and SmackDown shit that is starting to get sure. on the stale side. Um but also allow for some of these other faces in
1: nxt to
2: start getting more time
1: sure that's that's, that's a great point um i agree and undisputed error is way overdue to be called up um in fact like don't be surprised if adam cole's fighting for a world title going into WrestleMania. um
2: i won't I, be surprised and i really hope that crowds are a thing by then because I cannot put into words to you, Rance, how much I have wanted a WrestleMania Bay Bay for the last like six years. It's coming. I have bro. Just been waiting. I cannot wait for the football stadium size Bay Bay.
1: It is coming and it's going to be yeah. ridiculous.
2: The chills. Um, I, oh, the
1: chills. Um, I've been at some of the takeovers he's been at and those Bay Bay's are ridiculous. So 60, 70, 80, 90,000? Yeah. I got and Cross winning, too. I have him choking out Keith Lee, and Keith Lee not submitting, but, like, fighting.
2: Passing out. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, um, let's yeah, actually, and that's just the key. Let's tra-
2: no, so let's actually, you know, that actually brings us to a good piggyback discussion, because you and I have both agreed that we think Dijakovic will also turn out to be part of um, the stable. What's the name? Retribution. Good job. Very good. Um, but yeah, we've said that we think Dijakovic will be, and then you've said you think Champa may also be, or Champa. I'm sorry. I don't. I hate that I pr- mispronounce his name like that. Champa will also be potentially a part of it. So let's assume. I mean, mm-hmm. we know what happens when you assume, but let's assume that they lose Lee and Dijakovic, and Undisputed Era, and Shampa. Not Gargano, because at this point it's just a recurring joke that Gargano and Candice will be there forever.
1: (laughs) If there was ever a time for him to leave, it'd be now, though, because they're not going nowhere.
2: Yeah, for real. Um, But, like, let's assume that they did lose all those people. What's the new top of the card at NXT?
1: Well, a big part of that is who you're sitting down there from SmackDown and Raw. Okay. Um, who
2: would you? So again, point. I'm putting I'm putting you kind of in the fantasy booker shoes. Who would you send down from SmackDown or Raw right now?
1: Well, let me let's take a look at this roster. Okay. All right. Um. So I, I'm not a big I'm not a big fan of sending people back down there who were there. At least in like I don't count Fandango because Dango wasn't Dango was wasn't there. In this NXT, Nango was there at the precursor NXT. So, I, I, honestly, of the...
2: honestly, I've been okay with Breezango being sent down to NXT just because on the main roster, they were only a comedy team. And in NXT, they're at least, they've been allowed to establish themselves as a wrestling team also.
1: Sure. And also, Fandango was... was injured for 23 out of 24 months, so well, that's yeah. uh, part of it.
2: Yes, but you know I will never say anything negative about him because he's hot.
1: Yes. So here's, here's, an, here's a name for you you'll like. All right. Mustafa Ali. Really? You
2: would send him down? You know what? I'd be fine with it because he should be an NXT champion.
1: That's my point. If you, I, it, like, I, I'm, I'm down for that 100%. Another guy who would be a nice addition down there, even though he was there before at the beginning, I could see Jinder Mahal going down there and doing work. Um, even though Jinder Mahal is kind of a big stadium-type wrestler. Um,
2: you, know who I don't think sh- you know who I don't want to send down there because they literally just got back up, but they might need it so that we can remove the stain of the other? Who? Blake and Cutler.
1: Well, I think Blake and Cutler are part of Retribution.
2: I'd be okay with that. I'd be so okay with that because, like, I feel bad for Blake and Cutler. I feel especially Blake, especially Blake, but I feel so bad for Blake and Cutler because they didn't do anything. All oh. they did was get put in the stable and do their job, and they were good wrestlers and they were the
1: actual wrestlers. So, I'm struggling. Let me tell you what I'm struggling. I'm going to read off I'm going to read to you the SmackDown roster. All right. I'm, I'm Wikipedia. Yep. I'm gonna read to you the SmackDown roster. Yep. And you'll understand where I'm going with this. Okay. AJ Styles, right? Yep. Big E NXT. Paul yep. Dallas NXT. Braun Strowman NXT. Cesaro NXT. Daniel Bryan. Drew Gulak. You could kind of say it. it.
2: Daniel Bryan was original NXT. He was sure.
1: next. to well, Yeah. You, yes. Right. <laughs> Drew Gulak, you can kind of say because 205 and the Cruiserweight Classic was an NXT offshoot. So, let's include you Gulak. That's five, right? Yeah. Elias. Bray Wyatt. Metalik.
2: So, what you're saying is basically the entire SmackDown roster was NXT already at some point or another.
1: Bro, Jackson, Riker, Kalisto, Finnstay, Corbin, Finnstay, Sullivan, Lindsay, Riddle, Mojo, Otis. Roman, Sammy, Shinsuke, so, Chad yeah. Gable, yes, like it's ridiculous. I was, I was just on the men. I didn't even got to the women. Well, Every- them- Sonia, Mandy, Alexa, Nikki, um,
2: the Iconics, Bailey, Sasha.
1: Well, if we're keeping it a buck, even with the exception. With the exception of Tamina and Naomi and Naomi again, I'm counting current NXT, not the game show, but if you want to even count the game show, the only person who wasn't a wasn't didn't come up in NXT was Tamina on SmackDown. Which, which says two
2: things. Number one, it shows you like the pipeline was real, y'all. Like we are now at a point where the entire roster pretty much, with the exception of a handful of holdovers from previous eras. We're NXT grads. Yep. Like so, that's a thing. Um,
1: can I? Can I? Can I add a point to while you're yeah. thinking of your next point? Yeah. All you motherfuckers said WWE don't make new stars. Suck my dick. It's bullshit because there's nobody on the damn roster from five years ago.
2: That is true. No, like that is legitimately true. I've been thinking about that for a while now. Ridiculous, where, man. Like, I've been thinking about that for a while now, just from the standpoint of, like, they're, ru- like, the people that are not getting over are running out of excuses in terms of, like, oh, people don't get a chance. Almost all them motherfuckers came from NXT and were given a push at one point or another. So, like, at this point, it's on, it, it, it's not on that. <laughs>
1: The The Shield boys are old because they debuted in 2014, and They're Seth old. was
2: the first NXT champion. Should tell you something. So, like, yeah, so that is that is true. Um, yeah, it'd be hard for me because I, I was asking. That's why I was asking you who you would send down because I was thinking about SmackDown's roster, and I was just thinking to myself like. Man, it'd be hard for me to pick somebody from that show that I'm just like, oh yeah, they should go down to NXT.
1: So, but to to answer the 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 original question of who can I see in the main in the main event scene mm-hmm. for NXT, if we're just talking about current NXT people, um, Damian Priest is a is a given, yep. I think. Yep. Um, Cameron Grimes does great work as a smart me heel. Yep. Swerve Scott is a good. Oh yeah, I love Swerve. That's a good shout. Legato. Um,
2: I know he's cruiserweight champion right now,
1: but Legato. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Santos, absolutely. Um, Considering if he ever gets able to come back to the States, uh, Pete Dunn can be a a mainstay there. Um, Let me look at some of these uh, performance center guys that I think are... You have some kids in the performance center that are like really like Eric Bugenhagen hasn't got a ch- chance, but Eric Bugenhagen made such made such a and 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 made he made such an impression on the roster that he got an encore after his match. That's the dude. That's the rock rock, rock star dude. You got Brennan Brennan Williams, the big dude that Dio Madden that used to be on Raw, the mm-hmm. commentator. He's a star. You got a Dabakato, Big Baba Tunde. You got some guys, man. You know, like it's, it's, but it, I I do think it's very interesting. Oh, Timothy Thatcher. Oh, yeah, Thatcher. Yeah. So, you know, with some guys, man, like, and then, you know, you got, you always have, maybe they could, this could finally be a reason to push Kushida. Push Kushida! Christ. God damn. Jake Atlas. Like what you really should do is this is your chance to Ooh, use a yes, 205 kid. Yes. five kids. Jake Atlas. Yeah. Two a 205 kids. Jake Atlas is a star. Yeah. Mm. Guys like Jake Atlas, to Tahuotie Miles, some of the even the, the uh ever the Ever Rise kids, like they're small, but they're a good act. Like Dexter Loomis, you know what I'm saying? Like there's some guys out here that um uh, big thick boy, uh, uh Bronson, who we were talking about, um, in the ladder match. There's some guys. One thing I think we could definitely guarantee is Finn Balor back on the main roster. Like probably it's time for him to go ahead and go back.
2: Probably. So, um, you know who you know who's in the performance center, and I don't think she's ready to debut yet, but I'm very excited for her eventual debut because I want to see if she's any good. Who's that? Simone Johnson
1: oh she's 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 got a, she's got a ways to go I, I know
2: she's not ready no i know she's not ready i know it'll be years i know yeah. it'll be years. that's and not but right. i'm excited to see it just because i want to see if she's any fucking good
1: agree completely like do
2: completely. you have any of your dad's talent at all because if you're even like a third as good as him i'm here for it and you know she's gonna get pushed because she'll be the first fourth generation superstar
1: a lot of fucking pressure, though, man. Imagine that pressure she got to deal with. Oh, I know, Which, I
2: know. Your dad
1: is the your dad is not only the most popular wrestler ever, and may and maybe in the top three of talkers, best talkers ever. But also, he said, "Fuck wrestling! I'm gonna go ahead and take over the world." And is the biggest and most popular actor in the world too. So, like, you got a lot to do. and then you got to do it from the women's side of the game. <laughs>
2: We don't, give, we don't give The Rock enough credit for like his ability to read the room.
1: He don't need the credit. He got money.
2: He don't need no, no credit. Right, You're right, but I'm just saying, <laughs> we don't give him credit for his ability to read the room. And what I mean by that is he was the number one star during the boom period. And as soon as the boom period reached its phase where the people who were kids during that boom period are now adults with disposable income, he was like, I'm going to go Hollywood. And he didn't go he didn't go back to being Dwayne for like what eight years
1: for the, he didn't go back to the Rock for eight years. He was just Dwayne, yeah.
2: Well no 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 Origi- like originally he went by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Then he went back to that- now he's just Dwayne Johnson. He didn't no, start doing was just Dwayne around. Johnson until
1: later on. No, you got the other way around. And the only reason I know this because I've because I've watched a million of his of a million of his uh, interviews. That's the whole reason why John Cena called him out, and that started that feud, is that the rock the rock's management told him you have to separate yourself from wrestling. To be famous, John and C- then that's why John he-
2: Cena out there right now talking about you got a what
1: shit right right. <laughs> but that's Man. what I, that's what I came from.
2: I have so much respect for John Cena's hustle in the last five years. I am so Get back, much bro. respect for his hustle.
1: Get the bag. Di- and,
2: and, you, know you know what turned it around for me with him as an actor? Like what really got me on board the Hollywood Cena train? Blockers.
1: Oh, yeah, it was Monster. I went, to that. Ex-
2: I went to see that shit in theaters because like, it looked like a fun comedy. I went to see that shit in theaters and I walked out of that theater going, holy shit, John Cena is going to be a Hollywood actor. How about that?
1: I, I I kind of remember, like, like a lot of other people. at train because when I, I watched Train Wreck and he was it he was he's the best part of that movie besides the like because I'm, I'm not a big Amy Schumer person but he is the best part of that movie and uh, and then Blockers came out like a year after that and you're like and then Daddy's Home
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you just see all these things like this he, motherfucker can act he well and even it he
2: can act but also. He figured out his niche early and isn't too good to be in it. His niche is Mark Wahlberg 2020. His niche is the current Marky Mark role. Big swole dad in the funny comedy that does dad hijinks and action scenes because he's big and swole.
1: And uh we gotta get out here. We've been going like two hours. Um and I appreciate that because like he has a different situation than a guy like Batista, because everybody knows John Cena got the John Cena has the the good looks. He has the build. He's not too big. He's not tatted up. He's an amazing talker, so he can play any role really. But he just found a niche that worked for him, kind of like Rock did when he started. Batista wanted to be taken seriously as an actor. He didn't want to be the the the, the henchman or the the big bad or whatever. So Batista was out here taking, like, dramatic-ass roles to get to a point where people took him seriously.
2: Another difference—you're absolutely right. Another difference, though, before we get out of here with that, is John has always been a kid's person. Mm -hmm. Like, make-a-wish John has always been a kid's person. And so, like, I don't remember how much money he's getting paid to be the host of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader. Like
1: Always get paid. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying.
2: Like— he part of his the reason why he was willing to be step into that niche that he's willing to step into is because John has always been that like I'm about the kids I'm about the family stuff I'm about the funny funny like that's always yeah. been the persona that he put out
1: and then he'll go in a movie and then he'll he'll put a he'll put a he'll take a beer take beer to the asshole so you know you know but, everything yeah. for everything for the movie everything for the shot I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, but, you know, either way, to bring it back to wrestling, it's going to be a fun weekend of wrestling this week. There're going to be some uh, interesting shows and, I'm sure, some interesting decisions that we will probably inevitably have a lot to say about.
1: By the way, tell them about your experience in the Thunderdome real quick.
2: So... Uh, First of all, shout out to Brother Rance, because he had originally registered to do the Thunderdome preview, but was unable to do so because of some work stuff. So I stepped in and did the Thunderdome um, on his behalf tonight. And it's interesting. um, In some ways, it's exactly what you would expect in terms of like, it's basically you sitting on a video conference, um, watching the wrestlings with... The fan screens in the background. Um, I'm hoping that in the actual Thunderdome thing set up for the shows tomorrow and this weekend probably, I'm hoping that the commentary will be live and that it'll be more like the actual show show because it felt a lot tonight like being at a house show through video. But like (laughs) Not in a good way because they still got the ring mic'd up. And so like, I'm still hearing the referee talk to the performers and I'm still hearing the loud bumps and I'm still hearing the piped in crowd noise. Meanwhile, in the background, I'm just seeing rando faces that are not really saying much of anything and that aren't as animated. So like, Right now, it seems like something that sounded like a really good idea, but might not hit the way that they thought it would. But I give them a lot of credit because they're trying something different and new, and it's interesting. It's interesting as fuck.
1: Okay. Well, uh, Thunderdome, it debuts Friday Night SmackDown. So we'll see. I in- If you got That's your
2: hopes be- up for a fancy set, don't.
1: Well, the the actual set set that come out is the is the standard set. Oh, but the rest of that shit was cool as hell.
2: Yeah, the way they got the Thunderdome set up is, yeah. pretty cool. but like it looks like a damn got, spaceship. If you got yourself hooked up for like a throwback, original, fancy, ornate set that was different than the everyday, nah, it's just the same generic set. Well,
1: what I was looking for, just give me the new SmackDown set with the with the the vortex. Yeah, that's shit. Yeah, exactly. I wanted. That's what I wanted. Yeah, what can you do? That's um cool. that's their t- I guess that's their touring set so I guess it just made sense. Um but yeah. So
2: but I mean, it'll be a good show uh or it'll be a good time and it'll be fun. Um I'm really excited for Saturday. I'm really excited for Saturday. Um I'm looking forward to both of the women's matches on Sunday and I'm sure the other stuff will at least keep me entertained. Um so yeah, no. Be good no
1: Mandy versus Sonya's in, in in a hair versus hair,
2: hair match. Versus hair versus match, yes. Uh, and I, I'm so torn because on the one hand, I feel like with the way that the story is being set up, obviously Mandy would win. But on the other hand, put your hair up and square up.
1: Yeah, but she needs to move past that. She's she's I not know, the same.
2: I know. She's not the, She's, she's not the a same. fucking star.
1: She is. She's a and
2: fucking
1: star. I think the haircut will help.
2: Oh, God. Sonya is so good. Also, I'll say this. I like Mandy's haircut. Like, like after they did... Like, with the shorter cut... I like her shorter cut. I do. I like that they are making her look less like a porn star. And I got nothing against being porn star. I got nothing against being a porn star. But just like, again, as a gay man... Having her be less just an overtly sexualized person and more of like an actual person will make me care about her more.
1: But in Kayfabe, doesn't it make sense because she got a boyfriend now?
2: I mean, it does make sense in Kayfabe, but in For Real, For Real, fuck Otis. I have never been on the Otis train, and you know this. Like, I have, because I've never, because I've always seen where it was going to end up, and it's going to end up exactly where we are now. Here's this dude that you gave the briefcase because this funny storyline happened to get over in a way that you weren't expecting, and now you got this tag team dude who's pretty much limited in what he can do holding your fucking money in a bank briefcase and nothing to do with his ass. All
1: right, when he cash in on a fiend at the end of the night, don't say shit. When he cash
2: in on a fiend at the end of the night, I will be just as pissed as I was that evil is the IWGP heavyweight champion.
0: I'll be like, Otis is the fucking
2: universal champion? Get the fuck out of here.
1: And that's what we in the biz say, called going full circle. (laughs) I'm at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y's and Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars, Black Lives Matter, arrest the motherfuckers that killed Breonna Taylor.
2: Arrest these bitches. I am at Dr. S'mores. The show is at Outsiders Edge, C-S. Hold Uh, up, hold
1: up. Homie who has Outsiders Ed- at Outsiders Edge. I'll get you a free WWE subscription because... And I'll
2: acknowledge that I know who Aleister Black is.
1: Well, see, look, now you gotta do it. Now you gotta do it. And see, that's, that WWE subscription gets you not only TakeOver 30, SummerSlam, but also payback next week for only nine ninety nine that you ain't gotta pay for the first month, which is why I'm offering that because it's free. Give me and, the hand.
2: And... It's still cheaper than Uncle Dave shit rag.
0: Yes. So,
2: as always, y'all, though, remember, we here at the Outsider's Edge are part of the ChairShot Media Network at ChairShot Media, where you...
1: Always use your dick.
2: Always. Always, always. Remember and, that it. and also, y'all, remember that if it ain't wet, you're doing it wrong.
1: <laughs>
2: it's, it's
1: some hoes in this house.
2: It's some hose in this house. But uh, anyway, y'all, we here at The Outsider's Edge are just some increasingly not young men out here doing whatever we can to try to make it in this world. And sometimes we're going to fuck up and forget when The Rock became The Rock and when he stopped being The Rock and when he went back to being The Rock. And other times, we're going to rake WWE over the coals because Patrick should not be on our fucking televisions. Suspicion! Uh, But... No matter what, y'all, we're out here chasing our dreams. And, like, you got to respect that. Because if you don't, well, we just don't give a fuck. Fuck. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the wrestlings. Catch you next week.